Welcome to this episode of Rend the Heavens Lorcanel podcast. The following account is drawn from an interview with Pastor Robert Brown, who, as a boy of 15 years, was converted on the first evening of the revival in Lowestoft, Suffolk, East Anglia in 1921. This remarkable work of God commenced in the London Road Baptist Church, where the pastor, H.P.E. Ferguson, had invited the Reverend Douglas Brown from Baldham in London to conduct a week of mission meetings. Concerned at the lack of conversions, Mr. Ferguson had called the church to prayer and for six months, around 16 members met every Monday evening to pray only for revival. The effects of the revival spread throughout East Anglia and moved north to Great Yarmouth, where many of the Scottish fishermen carried a fire to the home fishing port around Scotland. Douglas Brown had come into a new experience of God in February of 1921 and on the last Sunday evening of that month, 96 people came to faith in Christ in his own London church. This account is limited to the experience of one boy in Lowestoft. The interview with Robert Brown took place on the 22nd of March of 1989 in Trowbridge. It is followed by additional comments from Henry Hannant who was born in 1901 and was a member of the church at the time of the revival. This interview took place in Lowestoft on the 30th of March of 1989. Robert Brown was born in 1905 and was brought up to attend the Congregational Church at Ulton Broad where his parents were members. At the age of 14, he left the Congregational Church and, though not a Christian, joined a Bible class at the London Road Baptist Church in Lowestoft towards the end of 1920. There was a good group of young people here and the church was well attended. From October to Christmas, which was the fishing season, many fishermen from Scotland joined the congregation because a fellow Scot, H.B. Ferguson, was the minister. Servers were typically Baptist and the minister was decidedly evangelical. Prayer meetings were fairly well attended and some were obviously praying for revival though Robert Brown did not attend a prayer meeting himself at this time. He continues the story, quote, The Sunday prior to the week's mission, the Bible class leader had urged the boys to attend the meetings during the week to hear the Reverend Douglas Brown. My friend Alfred and I went on the Tuesday evening. Nothing happened on the Monday or the Tuesday. There were special prayer meetings in the mornings and Bible readings in the afternoons. We just went in the evening. At the end of the Wednesday evening, Douglas Brown had been preaching to a packed church and he announced a closing hymn. I hear thy welcome voice that calls me Lord to thee with the chorus, I'm coming Lord to thee. I cannot recall what he'd been preaching about and there was nothing emotional or sensational but he gave an appeal for people to come forward who were seeking Christ. Alfred and I went forward and we were conscious that people were moving from all over the large building. By the end of the hymn, the aisles were full we were taken to the schoolroom, which was soon filled up. In describing the atmosphere of that meeting, I can only speak of a peculiar movement, something extraordinary. There was no noise. It was very quiet and reverent. Both myself and Alfred were counseled that night, and I went home and told my parents. The next day, I attended the afternoon Bible reading, which, because the Baptist church was too small for the crowds, though it could seat 700, was held at Christ Church, where the Reverend John Hayes was vicar. The meeting of the previous night had been noised abroad, as it were, and hundreds were now attending. 
the Thursday evening meeting was back in the Baptist Church. And I recall Mr. Ferguson announcing, quote, There are so many people in the street outside wanting to get in that I would like those of you who are Christians to leave your seats and go to the schoolroom to pray, unquote. He then walked up and down the aisles, encouraging people to move to the schoolroom. Not untypically, we young people kept our seats because we did not want to miss anything. That even many more came to Christ. Douglas Brown was booked to return to London for the weekend. And many of the young people went to the station to see him off because they become so enthused by what was happening. But before he left, Douglas Brown promised that, in the light of what happened, he would come back on Monday. He returned on Monday for another week of meetings and this arrangement continued for four weeks. He admitted to having been unusually aided by God with both physical and mental strength because he was preaching to his own congregation in London on Sunday and returning to Lowestoft for afternoon Bible readings and evening gospel meetings. The meetings moved to St John's Parish Church, which at that time was the largest building available in the town. It was well known to the fishermen for its tall spire that provided their landmark as they entered harbour. At this time, all the evangelical churches were working together in the town, including two Anglican churches, the Baptist and the Sailors' Mission. Douglas Brown was in great demand all over East Anglia, and among the many services he preached at was one held in the parish church at Olton. There, hundreds knelt at the altar in a full commitment to Christ. Among those hundreds was myself, who, though only 15 years of age at the time, felt sure of my call to be a preacher. I was baptised soon afterwards, along with 18 other young fellows and one girl. Douglas Brown preached also for the evangelical vicar in Yarmouth, and here many of the fishermen were converted. Brown was a tall, handsome man with thick white hair. His strong personality came through when he was in the pulpit, and his preaching was dramatic. Some even accused him of over much acting. The great burden of his message was the need for repentance and the greatness of the Saviour. Servers were alive and there was a desire among the Christians to bear witness. All over the town people would be asking each other, have you heard Douglas Brown? I can recall being asked this question in Ultim by a friend of the family who was never converted and had little interest in spiritual things. Like so many revivals, this great work of God in low stuff did not last long. It seemed to fade out, but its influence certainly remained. There would be more than 150 at the Monday prayer meeting, and many young people joined in it. I can hear now a young boy of 10 years praying like an adult. Young people were winning friends to Christ, and a number of them, after 1921, joined the village preaching plan. The church sent preachers to many villages around Lowestoft, and groups of young people would accompany them and give testimony. This was how many were introduced to preaching, including myself. The revival gave us a great desire to tell others the gospel. I worked in a factory at that time, 1922. It was a godless place, but I would read my Bible during the lunch breaks. After lunch on a Saturday, four or five of us would go to the Baptist church for prayer, then go to the home of one of the friends for tea and afterwards hold an open air meeting. Every Saturday, we would hold an open air meeting somewhere in the town. We were all teenagers, 15 and 16 years old. We just said what we thought we would say. We had no rule or anything. 
I went so far as to go into a public house, a pub, to preach the gospel. Of that little group, all went on in their faith. I went into ministry and another, Francis Chaplin, spent 30 years as a missionary in Bolivia with the Bolivian Indian Mission. Almost 70 years after the events of that remarkable revival in Lowestoft, I can identify at least three marks of the revival. A coming together of spiritually minded people, a respected of their church labels, a renunciation of all that was offensive to God's law and a sincere following of the scriptures. Henry Hannett recalls that those who met in the schoolroom for prayer every Monday evening for the six months prior to the revival concerned themselves with nothing but prayer for revival. At these meetings, there was a real atmosphere and a sense of the presence of the Lord. The effect of the Wednesday evening meeting was quite unexpected. And when the 60 or 70 people walked down the two aisles in response to the invitation, it was to the amazement of everyone. He describes some of the meetings in the Baptist church when people sat on the windowsills and pulpit steps. And the same happened in St. John's where 800 people pushed into the large building. The revival lasted only a month, but the results continued for years afterwards, both in East Anglia and in Scotland. There are definite records of over 500 conversions and the Baptist church membership increased by 38 in 1921, though of course others followed in later years as a result of their conversion during the revival. For a long time afterwards, the church was alive and their prayer means doubled in attendance. Well, that was just a short account of the revival in East Anglia uh, in Suffolk, England. I hope you enjoyed that little story and may God bless it you to your hearts.